0: Hey Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. While the state looks to
1: expand the Bangerter Highway into a freeway, neighbors in Wasatch Hollow are squabbling about speed bumps. Oh, and there's a Mormon cricket apocalypse. Lead producer Emily Means is here for our weekly news roundup. It's Friday, June twenty third. I'm Ali Viarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, Emily Means. Good morning, Ali Viarta. Are you ready for the bangerder freeway? We're starting out with a bangerder. <laughs> Listen. Listen, listen. The Bangator Highway is about to become the Bangor Freeway. And the Utah Department of Transportation is going to raise 241 homes in the process. They say this is the final section of the highway that needs work. It's between California Avenue in Glendale and 4100 South in West Valley. Two billion dollars. They're going to add, of course, new off-ramps, which is one of the things that's going to lead to displacing other buildings. Um, Of course, we should mention there's also going to be a cycling and pedestrian trail and a tunnel to Granger High School. I got to say, like, it's hard for me to understand the vision here. But I have to just note this sentence from Alex El Cabrera's story in the Salt Lake Tribune. Quote, the plan calls for the relocating of residents of 241 homes, leveling eight businesses, raising a church and building over a park. This woman had to find four different synonyms for the word destroy. But that is like that is some real destruction. And I mean, we're looking at a long timeline. It's not going to happen tomorrow. They're not going to even do the home appraisals until 2027. But like they appear to be moving forward with this plan. They're not very interested in public comment.
2: Well, and they've been moving forward with this plan for years, it sounds like. This is mm-hmm. the final stretch of the plan. They're looking to get the last piece of the funding to finish it. And, you know, like let's let's look at this from UDOT's perspective. Okay. <laughs> really briefly. Really briefly. Okay. okay. They're saying that by doing this they can, of course, reduce commute times. And this is in anticipation of Double the number of cars on this highway by the year 2050. That's a lot of cars, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. But when you hear that line in Alexel Cabrera's story, all of the impacts that will come as a result of this, you have to stop and think, Is it worth it? Is my shortened commute time really worth it? And as far as crises in our state go, Allie, of which we have many, it feels to me like our housing crisis, where we've heard over and over again that we do not have the housing supply to meet the demand. Mm -hmm. That is more important than a faster commute time and addressing Mm -hmm. traffic congestion, especially because there are so many other options for addressing congestion than there are for finding a house you can afford in the neighborhood that you've lived in for 30
1: years. Absolutely, the people of West Valley deserve so much better than this, first of all. But I also think like to pile on to your assessment that this quote unquote solution expanding the highway is looking to solve one of the least critical crises as our state Bro. grows. <laughs> I'm going to say this is structural racism like this isn't happenstance like when we think about like oh gee how do we end up in situations where like communities of color continue to be displaced in, in our city and in our state and in like surrounding cities in our county this is where the rubber meets the road like no pun intended okay like. In 2018, West Valley City became the first large Utah city to be majority minority, meaning that the majority of the population there is people of color. Now, this is where we are demolishing 241 of their homes to improve infrastructure for the mostly white emerging suburbs to the south to raise a little bit of commute time off for folks in surrounding areas. I'm sorry, like, I don't buy it. So people can get to the airport faster, basically, (laughs) Allie. And I think historical context is really important. Like highways and freeways have been leveraged in this country for nearly a century as tools for segregating communities. Look at I-15 and how it is very specifically follows the racial divide in our city between the west side and the east side. Right. And ensuing wealth divide, ensuing like health outcome divide, like so many other things I think it's important to maintain a historical lens when we make big infrastructure decisions. And I mean, what the state of Utah is saying right now is like, yeah, we are prepared to sacrifice people's shelter in a housing crisis to shave off commute times. And when the state is constantly talking about responsible growth, like they send out this survey every year, Mm. responsible growth, everybody weigh in on our growth plan. How do we grow responsibly? I mean, this is irresponsible growth
2: on top of that and this point not as good as your point but it's just boring it's just boring <laughs> like yeah. how many more decades of u. expansion on our highways do we need to suffer through like mm-hmm. one construction takes a really freaking long time okay so that's an impact as well but Mm -hmm. also we have so many other tools at our disposal now right like we're investing more in public transit or like some people are trying to invest more in public transit i would love to see more buses going to west valley i would love i mean there's a tracks line that goes to west valley the green line ends there Right. right and the green line goes from West Valley to the airport. So like, can we just hop mm-hmm. on that train somewhere instead of <laughs> instead of expanding this highway? It's mm-hmm. just like uninspired. And surely there's like a whole new generation of transportation planners who probably even work for UDOT who are like, eh, guys, maybe we could like try something else.
1: Yeah, no, it's incredibly boring. I mean, I do have to say, like, the Utah Department of Transportation also this week, we learned, asked the federal government for a half a million dollars to study a passenger rail from that would connect Boise and Salt Lake and Las Vegas. And I'm like that's interesting
2: yeah (laughs) full steam ahead on that y'all let's do it ahead
1: on that but like can we please stop raising homes to make room for cars in a housing crisis which we have all agreed in a bipartisan like apolitical way is one of the greatest existential threats to residents of our state my god how did we get here
2: Yeah. Well, Allie, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. We saw this with the I-15 expansion proposal from Farmington to about Rose Park. And honestly, like people mobilized around that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we saw residents, we saw Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, state representatives. They all pushed back on this idea that expanding I-15 had to result in the displacement of residents. And... UDOT said they're no longer planning on displacing those residents. So I'm wondering, is this Bangarder expansion a foregone conclusion? I don't know. The public comment period is open through July 12th. So, you know, if you have strong feelings about this and your community will be impacted, definitely worth participating in this public comment period.
1: Yeah, we'll put the resources for making a public comment in the show notes of this episode as well so that you can easily access that. And the West Valley residents are already gathering petitions like people are not taking this sitting down, Um, nor should they, because I think as you and I have agreed here, it's absurd.
0: Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmons makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now, there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh-cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's hot cross buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Okay. Speaking
1: of online petitions related to transportation, let's zoom in on one neighborhood that calls itself Wasatch Hollow, but on the <laughs> past in the past on the show we have called Greater Sugar House.
2: It's all lumped in. All lumped into that.
1: Yeah. Neighbors are squabbling a bit, of course, in a city council election year over whether or not the city should be moving quickly to install speed bumps along 1300 South, which is a pretty popular road. I mean, people move very quickly down that road. It's Mm -hmm. become sort of a, a connector. I would say like it's become a pretty big vein in the city. Um, And actually, late last year, an 11-year-old child, a young girl, was killed in a crosswalk at the intersection of 13th South and 21st East. So the city's plan to install speed bumps is basically them trying to respond swiftly and directly to the emerging danger on this street. Mm -hmm. But some residents led by one man are decidedly not on board.
2: Yeah, Allie, this is... Confusing, first of all, but also hard to take seriously when we're looking at two things. One, what we just talked about, the displacement of residents due to yeah. the Bangor expansion, right? Like, if we're thinking about this in the context of transportation infrastructure changes, this is silly. Yeah. Two, also silly because last year, 2022, was a peak year for pedestrian deaths In Utah and you mentioned this 11 year old girl she was a student in the area who was killed while crossing the street Um, you know to to kind of explain the residents side of things Uh, they are mad because first of all they weren't consulted about these changes to their roads this stretch of uh, what like four blocks or something on 13th
1: South except they were City Council member Dan Dugan said that they did a six-month public engagement process. These residents just didn't participate in it, and now they're pissed.
2: They didn't read the postcard that they got in the mail about this. Yeah. Potentially. They also claim that the speed bumps will result in noise pollution and that they're worried that emergency vehicles won't be able to get around quickly. Salt Lake City Transportation Director John Larson said, no, we haven't heard anything from our public safety departments on, you know, their concerns about this. So that's not valid. And Ali, man, this
1: is like some real East Side shit, isn't it? (sighs) yeah you know what i'm really sick of i'm really sick of wealthy mostly white neighborhoods complaining about noise i'm so sick of quiet being weaponized as something that people are entitled to above access for their neighbors Whether it's to public transit, whether it's to like a bus, whether it's to better infrastructure, whether it's to housing, above the safety of children and pedestrians and all people that also utilize the neighborhood. Guess what? You live in a city. I hate to break it to you. And like, I'm lumping people of the avenues in here too, which those are my neighbors. Like, we live in a city. I'm so sorry that there might be a sound when someone drives down the street or that you might have to hear a bus breaking in the night. Give me a break. Like noise is a euphemism here for poverty, for race, for like a lot of other things. Noise is not the issue. Sorry, the city's moving too quickly. Again, they did a six-month public engagement process that you did not participate in, even though, statistically speaking, you have the most access to public engagement and tend to show up the most. Here's an example. Right now, you're in the Salt Lake Tribune over your speed bumps. Name another neighborhood that gets a Salt Lake Tribune story over speed bumps. When we're reading about Rose Park or Glendale in the Salt Lake Tribune, it's because they raised someone's home. <laughs> And, like, you didn't participate in the process. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Get over it. I can tell you're really sorry, Allie.
2: I mean, (laughs) and especially when it comes to public safety. Why should we be moving slowly on those things? Like, should more elementary school children get hit by cars in your neighborhood? Like... We talked just recently about how Salt Lake City put into their budget this year funding for like quick turn traffic calming measures Mm -hmm. because like reconstructing a road to expand the sidewalk like those things. They take time. This Mm -hmm. seems like a thing that can happen pretty quickly and have impact in your neighborhood. That is positive.
1: Mm hmm. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Let's leave it at that. Emily, I would like to pivot to an actual crisis. And that is the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean the Mormon cricket apocalypse. This is what I actually want to talk about today. Allie, this is the worst news I've
2: ever heard. I mean, all of the like onomatopoeias associated
1: with this story crunch. Especially? Oh no, I just got the hair on the back of my neck just stood <laughs> up when you said the word crunch. The
2: crunching. There are millions of Mormon crickets that have descended upon the town of Elko, Nevada, which is just a three-hour drive west of Salt Lake City. And, Allie, I don't know if you know about the Mormon crickets. Let me tell you a quick story about them. I know a lot
1: about them now, I gotta tell you, but hit me with it.
2: We call them Mormon crickets because when the Mormon pioneers settled the Great Salt Lake Valley in the 1800s, settled in the Great Salt Lake Valley in the 1800s, these crickets swarmed and threatened their crops, and then... seagulls miraculously descended upon the crickets and ate them. So you might have wondered, like, why do we have seagulls here in this inland state? Uh, I think it's because crickets are delicious. Yeah. So that's why we call them Mormon crickets. And they are on a path of destruction in Elko, Nevada right now. And it's horrifying.
1: It's horrifying. Okay, first of all, all the photos I'm seeing of them are, like, they're like covering the side of someone's home. So Uh, I felt like what I needed to do was get a good look at an individual Mormon cricket. So I Googled one and they don't really look like a cricket. They look like, and I can't trigger warning because I'm about to say one of the worst words in the English language. Uh. They look like a cockroach. They're like a, a long legged cockroach. They are flightless. Thank God. Okay. But they are also cannibals. They eat other insects and they also eat their own relatives. They don't eat humans, yet. But But once they have the technology. (laughs) (laughs) They're horrific, they're bigger than a thumb. There is a, there was like a story from Rio Yamat for a Fox 13 affiliate in Vegas uh, that described how horrible this is. It says, the big red bugs leave behind a stench so horrible it's akin to burning flesh. And they're like sticking to tires, they're sticking to the bottom of people's shoes, and they're they're actually creating like slippery roads. I
2: saw they are having to snowplow them out of the roads. Ugh. Okay,
1: here's what I want to talk about. So people are doing everything they can to try and get rid of these crickets, including taking leaf blowers to them. Which I would just say, if you are in Elko and you're happening to catch this podcast on your commute or whatever. Um, and you're pointing a leaf blower at these crickets, I would just kindly ask that you point west. <laughs> <laughs> what if we blow them into the ocean? Please blow them towards California. Listen, the the sea lions of California would probably be thrilled if these things just started mm, populating in the ocean, Nutritious right? and delicious. The fish would have a heyday. Like, honestly, the entire fishing industry could potentially benefit from these crickets. Please blow <laughs> west.
2: Well, Allie, the thing about them is they're freaking migrating. Yeah. They're they're now spotted in southwestern Idaho. And so I'm wondering, God, are we next? Are and we- what do we do? What do we do if we're next?
1: Okay, I know. I know what we do. This is a job for cats. <laughs> this, we need this to is a job for cats. all
2: of the feral cats in Utah against the crickets. Yep. But, Allie... All they're going to do is like bat them around and then get bored. So I okay. don't know if this is a job for cats. Do you have a better idea? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about this a la a zombie apocalypse kind of mm-hmm. thing. But then I realized there are some key differences. One you shouldn't be in a city during a zombie apocalypse. I actually think a city is probably the best place to be during a cricket apocalypse, Yeah, because we are not leaving our homes. We Mm -hmm. are hunkering down, we're buying all of the canned beans in sight. I also read that chemicals don't work on these crickets, but what does work, what does work, Allie, is putting up vinyl fencing because they can't <laughs> climb smooth surfaces. So I'm going to organize my HOA to build 20 feet tall perimeter of vinyl fencing around my house. And yeah, this is where the where the central operation will be. Also, I'm going to get a flamethrower and a really big hammer just in case I have yeah. to leave.
1: Listen, Randy's records just became headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: build a wall of vinyl records.
1: You know that <laughs> new that vinyl, plan? that new vinyl record store that's like in the elevator shaft. Oh yeah, in Salt Lake. I'll be in that elevator shaft. <laughs> Genius. We'll safe. find
2: you there in five. Five. Surrounded
1: years. <laughs> by old Bee Gees records and Joni <laughs> Joni Mitchell's Blue, just like taped to my whole body. I will make a suit of armor. And I'll be safe. In fact, we should create vinyl suits of armor for all of the DoorDash drivers that will inevitably be feeding the city. Oh, okay. We got to get out of here. Emily, what is your pick of the week?
2: My pick of the week, Allie, is Crown Burger.
1: Mm, Let me
2: tell you why. Let me tell you why. I was driving down State Street this week and the new jack-in-the-box opened on 21st South and State Ugh. Street. Yeah, I
1: and saw And there the lines. was
2: a line of cars from 17th South to 21st South. And to them, I'd say, just go to Crown Burger. Right. Like, support local, baby. That is the birthplace of fry sauce, supposedly. I mean, that's debated. But they got good fry sauce. Nothing's better than... For me, a junior bacon cheeseburger from Crown Burger with a shake. By mm-hmm. local, baby. What's your pick of the week, Allie?
1: My pick of the week is something I embarrass, I'm embarrassed to admit that I just discovered, which is City Creek Canyon.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I told you about that. It's my favorite urban hiking spot.
1: Yeah. OK, so I walk my dog up like Memory Grove all the time, and I get to the top where that road is, and I just turn around and come back down. But a friend had a birthday a week ago and was like, hey, we're going to be at picnic site 14 in City Creek Canyon. And so I had to follow the road. And, like, I'm just kind of trusting in God and, like, driving. And I'm like, where – picnic? Where are these picnic sites? The road keeps going into this, like, gate. And then this entire canyon opens up that's, like – yeah. 10 blocks from my house and I had oh no God, idea Allie. it was there I tried to park Go outside once in
2: a while okay listen
1: I tried to park and walk up to the gate and I said to the woman at the gate I'm going to picnic site 14 and she said are you sure you want to walk there and I was like are you telling me I can drive there and she goes well it is two miles I said two miles <laughs> <laughs> in what direction? Yeah, it's a whole-ass canyon. I, it's a whole-ass canyon. I got back in my car and I drove the two miles. Okay, it's stunning. Um, mm-hmm. It's dazzling. Mm-hmm. It's, like, toilets? picturesque. Toilets? There are toilets. You can, like, picnic along the creek and, like, you can have a whole party there and it's amazing. Like, City Creek Canyon, who knew?
2: <laughs> I feel like our picks of the week are in a similar vein. Like, yeah,
1: they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obvious. Do the obvious thing for once. And that's a subtweet at you, you dot. Okay, we're out of here. Emily, I will see you Monday. Have a great weekend. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. Bye.